we've all been in that situation where we're talking to someone, but we know they're not really listening to what we're saying, or they're not really present in the conversation. Their eyes might be kind of glazed over there. You know, they're occasionally nodding, but all the wrong times. Hello, and welcome to the Medical Protection Podcast headliner series. I'm your host, Dr. Maida Raza. I'm a GP by background, communication skills tutor and training program director. And today I'm joined by Mr. Solomon Hasuna. This series is specifically for our international medical graduate members that find themselves now working within the NHS. In this podcast, we'll be exploring communication skills, but focusing on the power of empathy and how important it is for our patients. Solomon joins us today to share just that, the patient experience. He has a background in both law and medicine and extensive experience in what it's like to be a patient in our modern day NHS. He also works as an expert patient and we both work together in delivering communication skills workshops as part of Mara's Healthcare. So welcome Solomon, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's really exciting to be here and to be able to discuss a topic which is very close to my heart actually. Yeah, wonderful. So we both work together to deliver communication skills training, which is focused and specific for our IMG listeners. Um, And we know that the research shows that our IMG listeners can struggle with communication. So it's wonderful to be able to talk about this in more detail with you, because we know that the research shows it's difficult when you're consulting in a language which isn't your first language or a culture that's very different from your own. Yeah. So Solomon, would you mind starting our conversation today by describing what empathy means for you as a patient? So the way that I think about empathy, and this is, again, thinking as a patient, it's the ability of the clinician for me to really feel and understand my perspective. When you kind of look at the core of empathy, when you really, really break it down, I think it's about kind of establishing a genuine connection between two people and that's even outside of say a clinical setting when you real really boil it down it's just having a connection connecting with that other person Um, that's what I would say the core of empathy is and that actually aligns quite nicely with my own interpretation of empathy as a clinician as well so I guess one question I wanted to ask today is and I'm sure it's one our IMGs listening will be interested to hear, is why empathy is so important in the clinical setting? I feel like we talk about it quite a lot, but why is it so important? So it's important for the patient because they want to feel heard. When I was a patient, one of the things that I really wanted was to be truly listened to Mm. by the clinician. Um, It's important to build trust from the patient's perspective that you trust this person Uh, that you're working with, that you're working as a team, you want to feel that you're working as a team, um, that the person who's treating you potentially is on your side um, and they've got your best interest at heart. Mm. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So it's not about working together as a team, like you said. Um, So can I ask you, have you had any experiences where empathy was present and how did that feel for you? Um, So... I've had a few health issues um, and some chronic health issues, which meant that I've had quite a lot of interactions with clinicians of of all different kinds. Um, And, you know, this is something, my story and my journey, which we explore on the, on the course that we deliver together for the MPS. Mm. And, you know, there has been times where I've seen empathy done really well. 
Um, and it really does make all the difference. Even now, as I'm talking, those consultations where empathy was done really well kind of sticks out into my mind. So I've definitely seen it be done really well. In terms of how it feels or how it felt, it feels it felt like the clinician genuinely wanted to help. And, and that's a really beautiful place to be in because when you're ill uh, or when you've got any kind of medical issue or worry, you're in a very, very vulnerable place. Mm. Um, and it's, it's actually hard to put in words how valuable that can be when you feel so vulnerable to have that, to really trust that, okay, your, your heart kind of is at rest. I trust this person. I trust the decisions um, that we're going to make. Sure, absolutely. And I'm just sort of putting my putting myself in the patient's shoes. I can imagine it's quite a vulnerable place to be in when you're coming to see the doctor about something that's been troubling you. It really is. And just listening to your um to your story as well, that must have been really powerful because that was many years ago and it's still stuck with you now. So it just yeah. shows the true power of empathy. hundred percent. Yeah, sure. And it's wonderful to hear that you did have some consultations where you, you felt empathy was there because it sounds like it helps build rapport mm. and connection, which I guess from a clinician's perspective would help with exploring those hidden cues that we might miss otherwise as clinicians. Um, but that will only help with our clinical reasoning, organizing appropriate investigations, drilling down on the differential diagnosis. So it's kind of a win-win situation for both clinician and patient, really. 100%. So empathy can be very valuable to the clinician, uh, just as much as it can be to the patient. It really does make mm. uh, a better doctor and a better experience for both people involved. So, so dare I ask, Solomon, have you had any experiences where you felt empathy was lacking? So unfortunately, um, I have. And it's quite, it's kind of sad to say, but I would say that the majority of my interactions did lack uh, some empathy. There was definitely room for improvement um, in, in a lot of the consultations that um, I've had. You know, th there was a lot of times where I, I didn't really feel like the person I was telling my story to had a real understanding uh, of my situation. There were times where I feel like I was, you know, being spoken down to, being dictated to. And that can feel like a really, really lonely place. Again, once you're in a situation where your health is an issue, you really find it difficult um, to, to advocate for yourself. And that can be a really, really lonely place. So unfortunately, I have seen that. And it didn't feel like we were working as a team. Um, and that's why, actually, I, I was so excited and I am so excited to help deliver these um, courses with you uh, to help uh, doctors improve on the skills of empathy, because it makes all the difference for the all the difference for the patients, um, as well as the doctor, as we've, we've kind of addressed. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that's been your experience. It certainly sounds like you've used something that potentially is quite negative to create and build something that's quite helpful and positive, really. I hope so. And yeah, and, and we know that, you know, when you're practicing in a culture or a language that isn't your native language, it can be really difficult to convey empathy. So that's why the courses are quite helpful, aren't they? Yeah. So I guess one question to ask you as a patient then is, how can a patient pick up on empathy? So I always use this analogy. Um, that empathy is a bit like a hippopotamus in that it's it's hard to describe, but you know one when you see one, <laughs> That's if true. you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, but if if we were to break it down into a science, quote unquote. Um, so there are a few 
elements that, that kind of make empathy or make good empathy. So body language is obviously a very, very important one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because as you know, um, a lot of the communication that we have between people is is nonverbal and, and people pick up on that naturally, mm. um, consciously and even subconsciously. So it's very, very important to show the right body language, to lean in at the right times, to really be present. Uh, you know, and part of that as well is is eye contact, maintaining eye contact at the right times, really showing that you are there with this person. So um, active listening is also another one. And, you know, we can kind of contrast that with passive listening. We've all been in that situation where we're talking to someone, but we know they're not really listening to what we're saying, or they're not really present in the conversation. Yes, Their eyes might be kind of glazed over there. You know, they're occasionally nodding, but all the wrong times. And uh, we, we pick that up, you know, mm. consciously. And again, you know, unconsciously, we kind of pick that up. Um, and we're more likely to kind of withhold information when, when we see that. Uh, but on the flip side of that, we know when we've been, we are being actively listened to. Um, so we pick up on those cues when the person leans in at the right time, when they nod at the right time, when they're really engaged. It's, it's actually beautiful. It's almost mindful because you feel like, again, to bring it back to that connection, it feels like you've got a connection with that person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, that actually reminds me of when I was still in training, when I was training to be GP yeah. and I had to learn to ignore the computer in the room and give my full attention to the patient. So turn and face them, ignore the computer. And it was quite difficult to do, to be honest. But when I did learn to do it, it added an extra dimension of connection, yeah. which helped me greatly with the quality of my consultations. And I guess sometimes Things, something that we might forget or take for granted is the evidence shows the body language actually accounts for up to 70 to 80% of all communication we pick up yeah. on, which is, is massive, isn't it? Oh, it's a huge amount. And, and we kind of know that instinctively from our, you know, from our daily interactions. We can mm. sense that, you know, body language is, is so important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I guess it's only natural to ask then, can empathy be taught? So, yes, absolutely. I think it can. Um, the thing is, I think we we all practice empathy on a let's say weekly basis, if not daily basis. When when we're talking to our friends and loved ones, we do it naturally. We have that natural ability um, to show empathy in our conversations. And I think m maybe one of the problems is that when you when you go to medical school, um, and I've experienced this with you know a brief background um, in medicine, is that they they kind of teach you a very formulaic way to do empathy. Mm. so they look at you know you, it's almost like a checklist ideas concerns expectations and I just wonder if that's kind of teaching people um, they kind of lose that natural ability to practice empathy which we all have um, and I, the thing is it's not about it, it what the real key is is to transfer the empathy that we naturally practice in our daily lives with our friends and loved ones and transfer that into doc, into the doctor patient relationship so it's not really about learning empathy. Mm. Um, it's about transferring it because we all have a natural ability to do it. Yeah, great. And I know we do teach, you know, things like ideas, concerns, expectations, but there's certainly a more natural way of asking the same questions. And what I heard you say there was that we all have got a natural degree of empathy in our everyday conversations. Yeah. And we can bring that to our doctor-patient consultations to add a more human touch. 
And that's something that um, can be hard when communication is in a new culture or in a new language. And that's something that we break down in our courses a little bit further to show you how to convey that empathy. Great. So thank you so much, Solomon, for this conversation today. It's actually been really helpful to discuss empathy from a patient's perspective, which we don't really ever get the opportunity to do as a clinician. You're welcome. It's very nice to be here and discuss this topic. With that, we reach the end of today's podcast, Connecting with Patients. So for more information about the Medical Protection Society and the services on offer for IMG members, including our IMG advice line and our IMG communication skills virtual workshops we mentioned, please look in the podcast description. If you're new to podcasts, maybe listening for the first time, make sure you subscribe to the channel to make listening in the future easier. You can access this podcast from all of the major apps, including Apple, Google Podcasts and Spotify. I've been your host, Maida Raza. Practicing medicine can be wonderful, but also challenging. So please do take good care of yourselves and see you next time.